the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. Welcome in, Rob Black. And talking stocks. Should we start with Netflix or is it too obvious? Is it too soon? Is it a no-brainer? What do you think? Is Netflix a tech stock? Or is tech f- Netflix a media stock? Or is it a combination? Um, interesting thing. You know, when Netflix blows past subscriber growth targets, stock hits an all-time high. A couple weeks ago, we were a little depressed on it. Disney had pulled content from Netflix, and Netflix said, you know, let's move on. Um, content? Versus the delivery of content. Which is more important? Is the NFL more important than ESPN? Or do they kind of need each other? Is it the road or is it the car? One thing that I love about Netflix is they've got a decidedly unique approach to kind of a swagger. And let me explain what swagger means to me. Amazon a couple years ago. I'm a Wall Street guy. I'm a numbers guy. I'm a financial guy. And... uh a couple years ago, Amazon said, you know what? We're in the business of delivering books. And uh, that kind of expanded around to Christmas time. And I don't remember exactly which Christmas, but there was a, a pink doll that was like a, a puffy puff lump or something like that. A Ziggy Puff or something. And you saw Jeff Bezos going on CNBC and he goes, you know, and let's say he's talking to me, the viewer. Let's call the viewer Robbie. And basically, it's going, Rob, you're the viewer. You know what you need to do is you need to get one of these uh, pink puffalopes for Christmas because everyone's going to want them. They're going to be in high demand. And you're like, this is a grown man with a doll. And what that taught me was swagger. Sometimes you see companies have swagger. We don't need iPhones, and yet we have iPhones. We can certainly live with Google phones, half the price. We can certainly live with Nokia phones, half that price, or BlackBerry phones, whatever it is, right? Samsung. So you get the idea. Now, put one and one and two to two together, and that swagger is kind of sometimes the difference in companies. Apple has swagger. Netflix has swagger. Amazon has swagger. Now, how does Netflix have swagger? To give you an idea, they're spending $8 billion a year on content, ABC, NBC, CBS put together may spend that. Okay, now you're seeing swagger, right? You're seeing HBO, which has got the greatest lineup of te- in television, spending $2 billion in crazy years on content. And Netflix goes out and spends eight. So Netflix executives, just to show you swagger. And again, swagger is good and bad, right? It, it's good during the good times. It's something we look back on and go, that was pretty stupid. If Apple misses four quarters in a row, we're going to go, why did you open up this big, expensive space station kind of office space? It would make no sense. 
Um, and we would be angry. It's like what Nokia did in the 19, late 80s, early 90s. Nokia started dominating Motorola in cell phones. I know you're saying cell phones, not smartphones, cell phones. And Nokia had kind of a digital angle that they were going for. You might remember when some cell phones were analog, some cell phones were digital. You might remember a day in your life when some recordings musically were analog and some were digital. But Nokia built this huge office space, huge office space in Europe that never got moved into completely. It never got to live, it never got to be Rome. Instead, it got to be, oh, there's a fire in the back room? No one worries, let's have a party up here. And it became the fall of Rome. So Netflix yesterday had their conference call, and that, that means, oh, take a look at the calendar. We're in earnings season. What earnings season are we in? Let's take a look. October. So we're starting to report third quarter, right? Here's four quarters. January, February, March, first quarter. April, May, June, second quarter. July, August, September, third quarter. October, November, December, fourth quarter. And October's in the fourth quarter, so we're the first month of the fourth quarter. That's when we replace. That's when we start coming up with third quarter results. And just to give you kind of an idea, you know, we look back at earnings season and we go, okay, what happened in the third quarter? Did interest rates move higher? That may affect banks. Did Apple introduce new product for 10 days? That may influence their quarter. It may not. Like, you start kind of like figuring this out, stuff out. But Netflix had a quarter. I'm not going to say it was the quarter of all quarters. It was a quarter. And their CEO, Reed Hastings, he understands the value of video. And he understands in the fourth quarter, guess what they have coming out? Stranger Things, season two. Now, I tried to watch the first season of Stranger Things, and maybe someone could talk me through it. I couldn't get through it. I couldn't get into it. Um, I kept asking myself, where are these parents' kids? Why are they in the woods by themselves? Where are these parents' kids? Is this Stranger Things music? I don't even know it. Okay, cool. So, Netflix during their conference call, they celebrated all things Stranger Things. And oddly enough, the way they did that, not lunchboxes, even though there are Stranger Things lunchboxes. The second season of the show is going to premiere on October 28th. And Netflix has taken this swagger where they hire television producers and they say, do your thing. I give KDOW and Salem a lot of credit. They say, do your thing. Every now and then they get mad at me for doing my thing, but they let me do my thing. Within reason. I still work for them. I still suck up to them. I still do what they ask me to do, but within reason, you know what I'm saying? So Netflix, the CEO, Reed Hastings, on the conference call yesterday, he wears a Stranger Things sweater. And it's ugly. It's one of those Christmas sweaters that are ugly. You know, haha, we get the joke. Um, Is the... Christmas ugly sweater, has it played itself out? I think that it has. So, it is Christmas time coming up. So maybe I, maybe I should be in more of a loving mood. Um, so, Reed Hastings, who I've interviewed before, and it, it, it went terribly, terribly bad. The first half was awesome. The last half, it went bad. Uh, he and his lieutenants, you know, were wearing ugly, garish sweaters. Um, now, the stunt was a promotion for the second season of the show, because I'm talking about it, which, again, Netflix is going to release on October 28th. Will it be as good as the first season? Is anything ever as good as the first? Probably not. Um, but I do find it kind of interesting that they've got swagger. Are you with me or are you against me on swagger? And is swagger a good thing to you or a bad thing? Now, take a look at some of the Netflix numbers. And uh, I do have a whole show planned for you, not just Netflix. Um 
they hit all-time highs yesterday after market. Uh, they said they added 850,000 domestic subscribers. So in the U.S., how are there even 850,000 people that need to subscribe? That was 750,000 above forecast. Now, wait, wait, let me back that up. They added 850. They were supposed to add 100. That, that deserves an ugly sweater. In my opinion, that's pretty awesome. Um, they added 4.45 million new international subscribers. They were supposed to add 3.6. So that's crushing it. That's crushing it. Both those numbers are obviously better than expectations. Uh, it sees revenues of, you know, they, they're breaking out their numbers, and basically they're good. Sometimes they're a little bit lower than expected, but they kind of make up for it in other ways. And the question is, how much book value can they create in their shows? Because you're always going to have to create some new content. In theory, Stranger Things 3 has to happen. House of Cards 10 has to happen. It's like that whole Rocky 25 eventually has to get made. Netflix is up 70% in the year. Not bad in the last 52 weeks. Um, most people have a hold on it, but also most analysts see it going up another 10, 15 bucks, 20 bucks from here. That's kind of a market perform. As long as the market goes up, people believe in Netflix. But when it comes to a weaker market, it'll be very interesting. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. There's so much going on. In the headlines, I would imagine it's pretty tough to be an individual investor. You get things along the lines of headlines like uh, bond market. Is it in a bubble or not? And then you're like, what is a bond market or bubble? You kind of get an internet bubble, right? You kind of see Yahoo going from $10 a share to $250 a share years ago. And you're like, well, maybe it'll go to 260 and that's when you start getting that bubble mentality. You're like, it doesn't even make sense that it goes from 10 to 20. That happens once in a lifetime for some people. 10 to 250 doesn't happen all that often. And we're seeing it happen again and again and again sometimes. A lot less so now than back in 98, 99, 2000. So you still have those bubbly, bubblicious. Remember that bubble gum? Man, that was delicious. There's still a rumor. Do you remember when there was a rumor that there spider eggs were bubblicious? Uh-oh, I'm showing my age. Um, so, but you get the idea. Um, I think you get the idea. Maybe you don't get the idea. Um, bubblicious. So there used to be like a hundred internet stocks that were kind of crazy. Now you're looking at Tesla. You're looking at Amazon. You can't really say that about Apple because you see a PE there and PEs have always been the groundwork for, well, there's some reason there. There's this, uh, some earnings in that price. So you don't really know what a bond bubble is. And, uh, you keep hearing, you know, the headlines are pretty scary. North Korea warns of nuclear war at any moment. I don't know. We keep knowing in our history that they threaten, they threaten, they threaten, they never deliver. Will they ever deliver? And maybe that would be the way for us all to end. I think there was a movie, and uh, forgive me if I'm incorrect about this one. Was it called Miracle Mile with Anthony Edwards? Um, it wasn't Miracle Mile. Maybe it was. It was. It was a 1988 film. 
And uh, it was kind of fantastic. The premise was, what if you and I are sitting in a cafe, we're on a date, and the phone rings, and on the other end of the phone is someone that says, we just launched the nuclear bombs at North Korea. They've launched them right back at us. We're all going to die. The, 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 the bombs have been sent. And you don't know if you have an hour to live. You don't know if you have 10 hours to live. You don't know if the person on the other end of the line was crazy. Uh, what's fantastic about the movie Miracle Island, since it's 1988, there's a spoiler alert coming up. It's 30 years old, okay? 29 years old. It's Anthony Edwards with hair. Um, it ends... It starts with the meeting at the La Brea Tar Pits for a date, and it ends with their helicopter as they're fleeing the city of L.A. in the middle of the night, um, crashing in the La Brea Tar Pits, and they die. And there is a nuclear war. The whole time you're like, I don't know if there is, I don't know if there is, and I don't know if there is, I don't know if there isn't. In the last 10 minutes of the film, you start seeing the, the real missiles like showing up. And, uh, you know, it was well-crafted in the sense, and maybe a little heavy-handed, that it starts with a date at the La Brea Tar Pits where, you know, dinosaurs kind of got wiped out, right? Or, I don't know, what's the meaning there? But it ends there, too. Um, Anyway, long story short, sometimes it feels like the headlines feel like that, and maybe that's how North Korea ends things, and maybe they throw some nuclear weapons at us, and maybe all this doesn't mean anything. Uh, But then again, what if it does? Uh, What if they do back off? I'm hoping you're invested, and I hope you're thinking for the long term. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. A couple other concepts and ideas to chat about, in my opinion. Um, is it, it is a pretty scary headline market, but you still have to kind of craft ahead through it. And I'm hearing more and more talk about Ford and GM and what does the 21st century look like for them if we live in a world where people stop buying used cars? You're like, wait, wait, why would people stop buying used cars? And, like, you're already ahead in the story. Like, okay, people are going to be car sharing. They're going to be in the big cities. And you're like, wait, wait, can you say that not buying used cars part about again? So um, information moves kind of fast, right? So Ford is doing cost cuts. They're shifting resources. Um, There's big issues with NAFTA. You know, will we or won't we? What's happening with Trump there or not? I've heard Canada and Mexico, you know, they're starting to retool as if we're negotiating in bad faith. Um, Ford's talking about more smart cars, of which I have a Toyota and I hate, I hate their smart uh, dash. They've got some sort of system called Intune, which is just trash compared to, it could be Apple or Google's interface, and it's not. Damn you, Toyota. Um, and maybe my next vehicle, if I ever buy an next vehicle, will be uh, more of a smart car. Because Ford started to talk about smart cars, right? So, uh, RBC Capital Markets is talking about Ford. And he says, the CEO of Ford's got a great, solid, long-term vision. Doesn't sound kind of weird? Um, a U.S. auto giant having a long-term vision? Because don't they make cars? Um it's a $13 stock, and it feels like it's been a $13 stock for a while. And yeah, there's going to be moments where you look at it, it's a $10 stock, and next thing you look at it, it's $14 stock, but it kind of still feels like a $13 stock. So if there's tax reform, Ford would be well-positioned if Americans have more money. Um, there is growth components in Ford, and some people want Ford and GM to spin those growth components out. Uh, are they further along in electric cars? Are they further along in self-driving cars than we know? Probably. 
every now and then we get a glimpse of things along those lines. Will there be a turnaround in the company? Yeah. Will it be a growth company again? Can they kind of be a Tesla, a poor man's Tesla? Perhaps. Um, and then you look at the valuation, the dividend, and you go, that's attractive. But they're not there yet. And Warren Buffett, Warren Buffet once said, turn around, suddenly turn. Um, and there's some truth to that, right? So when someone becomes, uh, how shall we say, a sloppy homekeeper, they're probably going to be a sloppy homekeeper forever. When someone shows that they can't keep a budget, they're probably going to be bad at budgets forever. But early on in the relationship, it's like, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Do, 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 do. Anyhow, so Ford, I'm not ready to buy it. Um, you have, Warren Buffett once said, you have like, pretend you only have 20 punches on your punch card. Uh, play that way. And I kind of agree with it. Um, so I have to pass on Ford. Could it go from 13 to 20? Sure. Will I miss it? Yeah. But I'm not ready to buy into their long-term version yet, even though there's a juicy dividend and a cheap valuation. I don't see the leadership yet. But again, I'm not following it on a day-to-day basis, 10 hours a day or anything like that. You could be smarter than me. If you work hard, that's what succeeds on Wall Street. Sweat equity versus brain equity. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Love the world. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Dow 23,000. That was one of the things that I saw in the headlines yesterday. Uh, who cares? It's just a number. Do you own the Dow? Is it your only investment? Or is it part of your investment plan? Is it part of your strategy? Strategy? Um, Does it inspire you to see such a big number? Or does it fear you? Does it put fear in you? Um, Those are big questions. Because a lot of financial media looks at Dow 23,000 as a story. I don't. I look at it as some stocks that some people own, some people don't own. And I don't know anyone who owns a mutual fund called the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Uh, maybe some ETFs, but not many people own that pure play. So the NASDAQ uh, has a lot of tech stocks in it, but very few people own a NASDAQ fund. More people own a technology stock fund or a growth stock fund, which there's a lot of growth stocks in the NASDAQ. But it kind of gives us a feeling of what we're looking at. But the big round numbers doesn't mean anything in itself. It does mean maybe growth stocks are doing well, or maybe you know 30 stocks are doing well, or 20 of those stocks, but not all of them. So it's something to, I'm not going to say concern yourself over, because that's not quite right, but it's something to, to ponder. Bank stocks. The Federal Reserve has started raising interest rates, and when the Federal Reserve raises interest rates as a stock talker, it's typically the time to be buying. Uh, banks make more money. Now, keep in mind, financials have two or three components. I think we can safely call them banks, brokerage stocks, and insurance companies. And there's probably some financial tech, fintech, that we can probably throw in there sooner than later. 
And it's called a reflation trade when interest rates move higher. So it's a bullish sector over the longer term, not over the shorter term, because A, they're banks, and banks tend not to be tech stocks, and they tend not to move in spurts. But over the longer term, the Federal Reserve is raising rates really slowly. In the past, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates a little bit faster. In the past, bank stocks, when you saw interest rates rising, they were kind of sexier. Now they're not. So there's also, that's step one, you know, kind of a longer-term reflation in interest rates. Step two is something along the lines of Donald Trump and his easing regulation uh, administration. How much will he get done through legislation? How much will he get done through Supreme Court nominees? He's recently talked about potentially replacing up to four total. He's already replaced one. But he's a, he's a tough hombre. I hate to use that term, his own term against him. But when he's predicting Ruth Bader Ginsburg, we kind of look at her and we go, she's kind of looking a little old and frail. We get that. We've all seen relatives get old and frail. But when he's predicting you know, another... Uh, Supreme Court nominee that her diabetes might catch up to her, you're like, whoa, that's kind of tough. I mean, you could look at him and go, 70 plus. Like, you know, it's going to catch up to you too, dude. Um, You've got a lot of junk in the trunk, so to speak. And uh, diabetes might, like, there's a lot going on there. So what's going to be his legacy? I think it's going to be deregulation. Um, I Initially, you kind of thought, maybe the Republicans will get behind and write some legislation, but so far, not so much. Now, again, some Republicans are saying, eh, it took Obama a couple years to get going, so maybe it'll take him a couple years to get some of his initiatives through. But the deregulation doesn't take long. You can say things like, you know, if you're an environmentalist, you used to be able to basically sue and settle. If you're an environmental group, you could sue the government and say, you know, hey, you can't do this. And then settle out of court and kind of get what you want or half of what you want or a quarter of what you want. And uh, for him to, you know, say, can't do that no more. It takes away some of the teeth of some of the regulations that were out there or some of the options. I don't know. This is where I'm starting to lose my intelligence. Um, But bank stocks right now that I think you could still buy because there's two things going on. Like I said, there's the rising interest rates that are slower than they used to be. But there's also the promise of deregulation. Um, and the names are pretty obvious to me that would benefit Bank of America, Citigroup, J.P. Morgan, and E-Trade. And you've already seen a big move in these names, so you're like, I don't want to chase performance. But I think the slow and steady interest rate rise should work in your favor as far as sector. Consult worker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned. I think that's true. Um, but also I think the president who's willing to take a pen out and cross out regulations should work in your favor when it comes to the regulations tied towards Dodd-Frank and other banking regulations. Um, so I would consider those stocks. Um, but I also want to consult a worker advisor for taking action on any stocks mentioned. I would also consider, you know, potentially stretching your legs and doing a little bit more research. Uh, Do you like regional banks? Do you like national banks? Or do you like international banks? Do you maybe want to go more conservative and go insurance company? If you don't want to stretch your legs. Um, If you don't want to stretch your legs and kind of like maybe uh, get into a little bit of already moved up, there's a lot more value in insurance companies. 
So 800-516-1220. I think one of my favorite images, and this is tough to say, one of my favorite images of the whole Santa Rosa wine country fire. And you're just like, favorite images? Where are you going with this, Rob? Well, first and foremost, I post on my Facebook page a Charles Schultz comic strip montage that many years ago, Charles Schultz did a couple strips dedicated to Snoopy's doghouse burning down. And it was a pretty emotional piece. Um, but if I were to go you know, one step further, I'd go, one of the things I'm going to remember from this is the Tubbs fire. One woman was trying to save her horses. And horses are like these amazingly beautiful animals, right? They're tough not to love. And when you see people who have to evacuate in horse country, you're like, oh, no. Like the last thing any of us want to do is wake up to a story where horses burned to death or horses you know, ran off in fear and trampled a kid or ran off in fear and got hit by cars. So the lady was trying to figure out what to do with her horses and she gets a carrot, and she woos her pony, Stardust, which is a great name for a pony. should be a name of a unicorn, right? She wooed her pony into her car. And like a really, like a really big dog, it just went, oh, carrot, I'm going to go in the car. To see a pony in the back seat of a car is something that it's almost just, if you don't smile at that, I'm really surprised. So, and... uh have you ever heard of a pony car? I mean, this one gives new meaning to that. Am I right or am I wrong? So I'm talking stock. I'm talking sectors. I'm trying to do my best to stay on point. I started the sector segment by talking about all the financial ramifications of financial stocks, whether they be banks, brokerages, and or insurance companies, and how banks have more growth in them right now, and broker and insurance companies have more value. But they all benefit from higher interest rates, and I'll end on that. Um, as well I should. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. Don't forget, I always have seminars coming up. And you come to a seminar, you can sign up using the code RADIO25. It's RADIO25. Um, and it's absolutely free. I always have one coming up, and I have one coming up next month, for instance, that you can go to Rob Black Show, whether it's Los Gatos or Santa Rosa or uh, San Mateo, San Jose, parts of the East Bay. always have events coming up. Um, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We are in earnings season. So if you've never heard an earnings call, I would highly recommend it. I think it'll make you a better investor. Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley are both higher um, recently. And it's worth you know taking a look at their revenue and taking a look at their earnings and taking a look at what the revenue expectations were, take a look at what their earnings expectations were, and see what you feel about you know, sequential revenue. That's kind of important to talk about in earnings season. So not just how a company does year over year, but quarter to quarter can be a great impact. And if you see a company growing from 1.5 to 1.7 million, is that enough growth? You have to look at the sector. You have to look at the growth rates. You have to kind of compare. Becoming a good investor, it's not about uh, being right. To become a good investor, you have to kind of learn to compare. A lot of people want what's right. I was having a salad yesterday, and I'm pretty well known, and I hate it because I just want to have a salad sometimes. And someone's like, "What's the hot deal. stock you would buy right now?" I'd be like, "Well, I don't really want to talk about the hot stock I'd buy right now because, like, look at you." 
you're asking for thong panties. And I don't know if you've got shorts. I don't know if you've got pants. I don't know if you've got a sweater. I don't know if you have a button down. I don't know if you're a flannel person. I don't know anything about you. So what if I dress you up in all flannel and you're, you know, what if I put you on a sexy, you know, red skinny, skimpy thong and you're a flannel person? The two are going to clash, right? So anyhow, I'm Rob Black talking money, investing and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Money, investing and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. So Wall Street all about supply and demand, but so is life. If everyone wants a stock, it moves higher. When everyone wants to sell a stock, it moves lower. When people want marijuana, there's a price for it. When there's too much of it, it's cheaper. When there's too little of it, it's more expensive. Supply and demand. Um, trucks, there's a big demand for in the United States. People want them. Uh, teeny tiny little gas savers, not so much. So you're able to get the discounts on the, the ones that aren't in heavy demand. You're not able to get discounts on the ones that are in heavy demand. California wildfires have hit the state's marijuana industry. And again, it's a supply and demand issue. They say that pr- the price of marijuana, and who figures this stuff out, could jump as much as 20%. Um, I don't know enough about said cash crop to understand the full damage or anything along those lines. Um, I know more and more states are legalizing recreational use. So I would imagine there's more growing, but I don't know. But that's a supply and demand lesson. Are you with me? Are you against me? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We're talking stocks and stock talking per se. Um, trying to hit, you know, I hit Netflix pretty well. I hit Ford pretty well. I hit some bank stock ideas. I tried to hit some big picture concepts, uh, in today's show. Uh, make sure you tell friends about the show and pass the word on, so to speak. Um, I'm always interested in growing per se. Um, I don't know how much longer I'm going to do this. because uh, there's always going to be a smarter, faster, younger unicorn. And I'm already kind of tired of the whole unicorn thought process, right? So what shall we do? Um, the Equifax, uh, the Equifax, what shall we say, called Breakdown, is one of the more interesting stories of 2017 as data has kind of been squeezed into the headlines. And Social Security numbers are stupid. And we all kind of get the idea of it. And I was talking to someone the other day about, you know, the negatives of Equifax. Because everyone wants to talk about the negatives. And I'm sitting there going, okay, if everyone's negative on it, the demand right now for that stock is low. It's dropped billions of dollars in valuation. Like Wells Fargo has dropped billions of dollars in valuation. And yet they're settling for millions. And like, that's a pretty big difference. Now, do you have the courage to buy something like an Equifax or Wells Fargo when there's investigations going on and there's headlines to be made and there's politicians to slam them? It's a good question. I don't know if you have the courage for that. That's tough stuff. That's that's like big issue. But I personally think that through tragedy comes something good. Like if you take a look at you know the Santa Rosa fires and houses burning down and memories burning down, 
there's a lot of room for rebuilding and creating new memories. There's a lot of room for that. There's a lot of room for rebuilding, you know, and fixing some of the mistakes. You know, second relationships and third relationships sometimes work for people because people learn. Not always. Uh, but I don't know where I'm going at with this. <laughs> so 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, trying to you know wrap things up as only I can try to do, and I'm kind of failing at this point in time. I don't like where uh, this is going. Say, I know, I know. So I'm sorry about that. Um, so Equifax, what I think is going to happen out of all the negative publicity and press releases, their house is not going to burn down. It did catch fire, and they put it out, and it's ugly right now. Same thing with Wells Fargo. Now, they're two very different beasts. So let's not compare them completely. But let's both say they, you know, Wells Fargo opened fake accounts for people, and Equifax had crazy data breaches on something you don't sign up for. And to get back to the Social Security number is stupid. It's kind of stupid. It's nine digits. Is it nine? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, it's nine. And you know, some of the digits are known tied towards the birth year and things along those lines. Um, some of the blockchain technology and some of the technology that's used to encrypt, we need to get there. We need to get there. In San Bernardino, when there were shooters... And the government grabbed, you know, one of the shooter's phones and said, Apple, we need you to unlock this. And Apple's like, no, no way we do that for you. You're like, really? It's that super encrypted. And then I think at some point in time shortly thereafter, and again, forgive me if I'm wrong on this. Uh, I think the government paid someone to break, basically jailbreak or break into the phone, right? Hopefully it wasn't as easy as it, it sounds <laughs> the way I just summed that up. Uh, but I think something good's going to come out of all this, and maybe we'll stop naively saying. I mean, back in Virginia, when I lived in Virginia 15 plus years ago, there was a, a huge problem that your driver's license number was your social security. So if you dropped your driver's license, you know, in a, if you dropped your wallet somewhere, they had a lot of information on you. And we're already hearing now that because of Equifax and Home Depot and Target's been hacked so many times, all these companies. So many different ones have been hacked, not repetitively. That your information's out there from your birth date to probably half your passwords that you typically use again and again and again and again, which you should change them all, you know, four times a year or at least once a year. Um, but maybe some good will come out of all this, and maybe that's the opportunity to buy when no one wants them because they're ugly. Uh, maybe there'll be some good dreams and some good foundations still there that we can, you know, pack into that house down the road. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.